0: Welcome to the Kuppinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinhardt. I'm the director of the practice IAM here at Kuppinger Coal Analysts. Our guest today is John Tolbert. He is the research director for cybersecurity here at Kuppinger Coal Analysts. Hi, John. Good to see you. Hi, Matthias. Good to talk to you again. Great to have you. And we want to talk about a topic which is... Yeah, more or less also, have, has become, which has become a buzzword right now. We want to talk about SASE and the SASE, um the bigger picture of SASE, so SASE integration suits. Um, you did a leadership compass on that just right now. So our document of comparing products and vendors and services within one market segment. And this time it's a SASE. So to start out, of course, the obvious questions: how do you define this, this market segment of SASE? Well, SASE, you know, is an
1: interesting and new uh, sort of emerging topic. It's one that hasn't been around for that long, just a couple of years. Um, and it's really about combining networking and security. Um, On the networking side, you know, it's been sometimes difficult and often costly to connect remote offices, remote facilities together. Uh, So using SD-WAN, software-defined wide area networking, uh, has been something that has helped companies decrease their costs around connectivity. But SD-WAN didn't really have a whole lot to say around security except for, you know, transport level encryption. So SASE brings together that networking and security element, uh, plus unified management. So it's really about bringing these things together for edge. Edge is another uh, word that we've been hearing a lot about for the last few years, uh, You know, as opposed to cloud. Uh, we see uh, things like uh, sassy coming around to provide the secure access piece uh, to these different uh, computing locations too. Um, sassy is also designed to target these networking and security shortcomings uh, simply connecting things or using products doesn't necessarily give the deployers you know the big picture of what's going on and it may make it difficult to enforce Uh, different security policies with consistency across all the different properties that they may have. So along comes SASE, you know, in the last couple of years, SASE vendors say, you know, by packaging different security technologies together, which we'll look at in a minute, this helps to improve the end user experience, uh, makes it easier to run your IT operations, And, you know, provide a more consistent security policy enforcement across, you know, all the different domains, while at the same time, you know, moving the security as much as possible to sort of a cloud native architecture.
0: Right. And um, uh, when we're talking about SASE and and that context, and when there is a new market emerging right now, there must be a set of problems, issues, challenges for organizations that these solutions address. So what what are these typical use cases when it comes to, to SASE? Why are people looking into this market?
1: You know, I think there are two main drivers for that. Um, first of all, there are you know these remote facilities and the, the costs associated with connecting those to, let's say, corporate headquarters or, or cloud hosted resources. Again, you know, some of the older style technologies like MPLS uh, require a bit more to install and maintain as well as, you know, just being more expensive. So SD-WAN part of SASE uh, helps to decrease the costs, uh, you know, use standards-based protocols uh, and, and more common equipment and lines to connect these remote facilities. This can include things like branch offices, but also, you know, thinking about operational technology, you've got, you know, remote manufacturing sites or production sites, warehouse facilities, you know, that could be scattered anywhere. Um, You know, on the operational technology side too, you've got things like power generating equipment and substations, um, you know, conference facilities and then even you know partners. If you have employees working on site with partners, um, you know different stores, different shops that might make up a big brand, and even kiosks in different locations. So all these kinds of places need connectivity, and you know prior to the, the advent of something like SASE, that was very difficult and, and time-consuming for. Uh, network professionals to try to connect all these different kinds of locations together and then on the other side you know we've got work from anywhere work from home uh, you know as a result of the pandemic uh, you've got individuals out working in in many different locations typically they had been using VPN but VPN you know sometimes doesn't scale that well Um, and you know, up until the pandemic, many companies were just relying on uh username, password, and they found that that was, you know, a way in for uh, bad actors often. So, you know, there was a need to put better security and scalability together for a better VPN experience for remote workers wherever they are.
0: Right, when we look at that market and the the, the problem is understood, and you you said it already, it's the combination of this network technology, so SD-WAN plus uh, cybersecurity components, services added to that. When we look at the market then, it should be an easy picture to say, okay, we have the traditional um, providers of these of these SD-WAN solutions, and we have providers of cyber security from the cloud, in the cloud, for the cloud. Um, so they join forces and create products. Is it that easy? So how does that market segment look like? You
1: know, it's. I think from a vendor perspective, it. it it depends on, on the overall size and what's already in the portfolio, uh, you know, on a vendor-by-vendor vendor basis. And, you know, that's kind of what I've seen, you know, in terms of the research, too. So you've got some large vendors that have many of the components already. Uh, many may have even had SD-WAN. Uh, they also go out and look for partners. You know, let's say if your if company has predominantly been a security vendor, then... Uh, They will partner up with SD WAN vendors, or there have been some acquisitions, uh, and then vice versa. If you're on the SD WAN side, then you need security partners. um, And that it's it's growing. The two sides are growing together, but I think there's a lot of room for additional growth as well as improvement.
0: Right, and when it comes to maturing, um, I I, I take from what you say that this is still an emerging field. This is still. In flux and in progress and sassy is a term to trying to cover all these different types of, of products and services
1: yeah you know i think it's sort of a good umbrella to put you know many different components into and i think there's a real advantage for customer organizations to get it that way um you know like i said it's only been around for a couple of years it's not really whole lot of brand new technologies it's you know linking together and offering uh often as a package uh, a a variety of different uh, security technologies especially um you know the some of the large stack network security providers were some of the first ones to enter the field because they had you know most of the components all up front and it was just a matter of sort of figuring out how they fit together in a consumable package. Um, but we also do see you know some companies that were more of the uh, SD-WAN specialists adding on the security. And since we're kind of you know still somewhat early in the game, uh, although it, it is a maturing field, uh, what SASE is often depends on what uh, you know a particular vendor that you're talking to uh, says it is at the moment. Um, you know, which is based on what they have in their portfolio or what they can extend with partner integrations. Um, but, you know, I think this is a huge uh, potential growth area. Uh, I can see this is something that not only large enterprises, you know, need, but, you know, even small and medium businesses that have a distributed workforce or maybe multiple sites, this is something that can can benefit Uh, companies and organizations of many different sizes and across many different industries
0: you've mentioned that already we're early in the game this is a term that is around for two three years maybe and it's it's gaining traction right now so we are at the beginning of 2023 you've just um, completed your research for this new leadership compass what the trends what are you looking forward to see more and more in the products in the upcoming time and what have you have you realized during your research now what are the trends
1: well as i was kind of hinting about a minute ago you know what you see in terms of products often has a lot to do with what you know a given vendor already has Uh, plus you know what do their customers say what are their customers asking for that these vendors do tend to respond Uh, to customer demand so whatever target market they're serving they will add in um, you know feature requests as dictated by their market Um, it's it's a really big mix of technologies as we'll we'll see Um, you know and it's I think it's got a pretty high cost of entry so this is going to be something that you know more of the larger vendors will be able to uh, bring in components as necessary. It's not something that would be all that easy for you know a startup to uh, get into you know without a, a pretty large capital investment. Um, you know the way I've defined it, I've included you know some additional areas in um, in Sassy that maybe not all vendors have lined out as as something that's a core component yet, Um, so it's important for those vendors to be able to, you know, use standards for interoperability or have, uh, you know, partnerships such that it's easy to integrate, you know, to get these other functionalities. Um, Things like uh, DLP Data Leakage Protection and CASB, which is, you know, Cloud Access Security Brokers uh, and, and Remote Browser isolation are are areas that, you know, some of the vendors need to improve on uh, that are currently in SASE. Others, uh, one of the areas that I think should be focused on is around endpoints. That includes like endpoint protection, detection, response, and unified endpoint management. That's something that I predict that, you know, bigger companies are going to want to see especially in sassy you know because each of these requires a separate endpoint client um and i think most would like to manage uh, all, all in one where possible but this is not something that most of the vendors have today uh, many of them have you know the partnerships with epdr and uem vendors but it's you know these are require separate software installations
0: right and you've mentioned that already how you define uh, this market how you look at the at the criteria that need to be looked at looked at so when we uh, look at this document type leadership compass you need to apply a, a set of criteria uh, maybe you can explain a bit more what you applied for this upcoming market of sasi where where do you look at when you are in the end creating these nice little spider graphs when you when you can when people and the audience can compare these products with each other. Um, what, what, were, what was important for you? Well,
1: you know, as part of our standard leadership compass criteria, we look at these nine areas. Um, you know, security, that's product security, functionality, deployment, you know, which can include, you know, how easy is it to deploy, but where can it be deployed and how can it be deployed? Uh, interoperability, which is, you know, mostly standard support um and, and you know being able to work with other products usability uh, how innovative is a given vendor solution and then some other common things like their financial strength market position and ecosystem ecosystem being you know what are their implementation partners and support uh, partners like where are they geographically distributed and what kind of services do they offer and then looking specifically at the functional criteria for SASE, um, I'm looking at you know connectivity. How do they do SD-WAN? Uh, do they have it built in? Is this something that they partnered with others to do? Uh, what is involved with that? Um, what what kinds of TCP optimization or traffic management capabilities are are built in for that? Uh, zero trust. Uh, you know, zero trust network access is something that uh, we've been talking about for years as well, and you know, we're happy to see this being realized in different products and services today. It's about you know uh, authenticating and authorizing every access. So I think this is really important for SASE. Uh, endpoint, I've described you know endpoint security, endpoint management. Um, Network security. This would be, you know, firewall services, intrusion protection uh, services, um, things like that. Web security. That includes like secure web gateway functionality, uh, remote uh, browser isolation. Then we have data protection, which is the DLP and CASB components. Uh, administration. I look at, you know, what what does it. How easy or how difficult is it to set up and administer uh, on a day-to-day basis? And then lastly, what kind of end-user support packages are available, uh, which can vary quite widely between vendors as well?
0: Right, this is quite a quite a list of criteria to apply. And we always um, try to highlight the, the importance of the factor that um, these leadership compasses come with a final rating, but this does not mean that the product the service the vendor in the upper right corner is necessarily the best for you but that readers the audience really should make sure that they understand the requirements that they need to apply to the services provided and that's the reason why you provide for each vendor for each service a detailed analysis with, with insight into all these different aspects uh, all this apart when we look at leadership at the, for, for this leadership compass, for SASE uh, platforms, um, which names would you mention? Not to endorse them, as I said, we need to identify what we really need, but what are the players in the market that you would like to highlight?
1: Well, you know, we do break these graphs up into four major categories, so I'll show two of them today. Uh, so the overall leader, this is the combined product, innovation and market you know, and we see kind of a range here, um, you know, for Palo Alto networks in uh, uh, versa and Cisco and checkpoint lookout cloudflare uh, have all uh, made it into the overall leaders uh, section of the graph here. And we also see, you know, Cato, Ariaca networks, aircom and uh, open systems so then uh, product leaders um this is a plot of you know product versus the overall so the overall that we just saw this is product measures you know the functionality the deployment the usability interoperability all those different uh, categories kind of roll into the final product leader uh, graph here and we see it's kind of divided into thirds Um, and again um, the distribution is is uh, pretty good, I think it, it shows differences in implementation and features um, and,
0: and and service and support capabilities. Right, and you've mentioned trends and uh, all, all of this is also reflected in one graph that I know of which is the graph of innovation. So that would be the products that are most forward looking most innovative in the best way of the or in the best sense of the word. Um, where are the leaders here? Um, again,
1: we see a a pretty good distribution and, you know, we look at, um, things that we define as, you know, the basic set of capabilities. Uh, so an innovation score will include those who are offering features that are over and above that basic set, but then also how do they implement, uh, you know, the standard list of functionality. I mean, it's entirely possible to be innovative in a way um, in how you deliver, you know, the expected functionality as well as, you know, new new bells and whistles. Um, and this kind of applies to all the different leadership compass uh, topics that we cover. Um, in, in some cases, uh, a vendor um, may be missing one or two uh, pieces, uh, but they may have highly innovative uh, features in other areas, or they may have Uh, things that, you know, others in the field have not considered. So they may have, you know, an advantage because of, uh, you know, particular types of technology that they've included with their offering that that may be over and above what others um, see in the market.
0: Right. Thank you. So I, I think that's a really impressive overview of the market, um, and also description of the market and an outlook on how this this market evolves. I have one question um, that 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 is in my mind because I, I did a presentation on SASI and how to look at that two years ago, one and a half years ago, and one of the most striking. Uh, drawbacks or or dangers or risks that were highlighted to me more than once was the risk of the the, the lock-in risk. So if you choose one platform, if you choose one vendor, um, you are likely to stay with that um, vendor, which might be stable and beneficial in many aspects, but it keeps you with that vendor. But you also mentioned, uh, on the one hand, standards and standard compliance um, for the interoperability and interoperability in general for the standard evaluation criteria. Has this changed or is there still a, a bit of, a, of, a, of an issue when choosing one vendor to having it difficult to move away from that to change strategies, to, strange, to change complete platforms? You know that's
1: that's always a concern that we have uh, with with large stack solutions. you know do you want to take sort of the best of breed approach and select you know the products that you think perform the best for your company or your organization or you know for the sake of management and cost control, do you prefer to say buy a complete package that has most everything that you want? I think you know Sassy is an attempt to bring uh, you know, many different kinds of technologies together uh, to make it easier to consume. So you're absolutely right, There's there's will be a tendency toward vendor lock-in, um, which which has pros and cons, you know, but we've known that for many years too. But you know, on the other side, you know, with standard support um, and, you know, and most of the vendors do support the standards that you would kind of expect, in the security and identity spaces you know to different degrees and you can read about that in the report I try to call that out because you know we believe interoperability and standards are important um, uh, but you know because of that standard support it, it is possible in many cases to use other products to fill uh, certain uh, functional gaps or, or functional areas if you'd rather use a different vendor solution but it is something you kind of have to dive into, look at the technical details on each of these uh, vendor products and, and figure out what's right for you.
0: Absolutely. And this is really what I recommend also to the audience, to our readers. Read, readers, Please head over to com redesigned website, have a look at that, and and um, identify the newly published Leadership Compass on, on SASE that you, John, have just provided. Thank you very much for this huge amount of work that you spent on that, but also for being my guest today and for talking about that also on the, uh, on the um, yeah, maybe a bit more critical aspects when it comes to, to interoperability and f- to the lock-in risk. But nevertheless, this is a, a, a great approach for many organizations to very quickly improve their security posture and to connect to sites that they couldn't connect to earlier. Thanks again, John, um, for being my guest today. Thanks, Matthias. Okay, looking forward to having you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.